Stand, me with, stand with me, if you would, please, as we honor the reading of the wonderful word of the Lord. Today we're looking in the book of St. Mark, chapter number 14. Mark, chapter number 14. And we're going to begin reading with verse number 3. Mark, chapter 14. Began reading with verse number 3. This morning we will read down through and include verse number 9. Seem to have a little ringing up here, so we can work on that. Mark chapter number 14 began reading with verse number 3, says, And being in Bethany, at the house of Simon the leper, as he sat at the table, a woman came having an alabaster flask of very costly oil of spikenard. Then she broke the flask and poured it on his head. But there were some who were indignant among themselves and said, Why was this fragrant oil wasted? It might have been sold for more than 300 denarii and given to the poor. And they criticized her sharply. But Jesus said, let her alone. Why do you trouble her? She has done a good work for me. For you have the poor with you always. And whenever you wish, you may do good to them. But me, you do not have always. She has done what she could. She has come beforehand to anoint my body for burial. Assuredly, Jesus said, I say to you, wherever this gospel is preached in the whole world, what this woman has done will also be told as a memorial to her. The Bible says in verse 3, she broke the flask and poured it on his I'm using for my subject this morning, break the seal. Break the seal. Father, I thank you today that I believe in my heart today, I believe in my spirit today, that there are people here today that have things bottled up in their life. And today is the day where they are going to break the seal and pour it out onto you. God, I ask for your anointing today to be upon the message and upon the messenger. Also to be upon the hearer today. And may we respond to the word of the Lord that we receive today. All of these things we ask in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And all of God's people said, praise the Lord. You may be reseated this morning. Well, the Bible says that Jesus was sitting at a table in the house of one Simon the leper. The Bible says that that an unidentified woman appears. The Bible records that she takes an expensive bottle of perfumed oil and she pours it all out on the head of Jesus. I want us to walk through this story today and just see what we can glean from it, just see what we can learn from it today. Five things that I see. It's not everything that is in the story, but, but there are five things that, that, that I see and want to call your attention to in this story. The first thing that I, that I see as I look into this story, I see the contribution. And, and the contribution is found again in verse number three. It says, being in Bethany at the house of Simon the leper, Jesus sat at a table A woman came having an alabaster flask of very costly oil of spikenard. The Bible says she broke the flask and poured it on his head. 
this flask or bottle of fragrant oil was very, very, very expensive. The contribution, the value of her gift is said to be approximately a year's wages for the average laborer in that day. A year's income in that bottle of perfume. And the woman comes to the table where Jesus is sitting and she takes the bottle of oil and verse 3 says that she broke the flask or she broke the bottle and poured the oil on the head of Jesus. I believe maybe perhaps a better translation of this verse would probably be she broke the seal on the flask and opened the bottle and poured the oil on the head of Jesus. She broke the seal. I believe that somebody today is going to break the seal. That somebody here this morning has something bottled up and you've had it bottled up for a long time. But I believe that today is the day when you are going to break the seal on whatever it is that you have broken, that you have bottled up today. And you're going to break the seal and you are going to pour it out on the Lord today. Think about it this morning. How long have this woman had this bottle of oil? How long had, had she waited for, 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 waiting for just the right time, waiting for just the right occasion, waiting perhaps for just the right person to merit the breaking of the seal and finally to use the oil that she had been saving up? Let me ask you today, what do you have bottled up? What do you have bottled up this morning? What do you have in your possession today that needs to be poured out on Jesus? You have it nicely sealed and in your possession today. But what is it that you need to break the seal on today and pour out upon the Lord? What contribution can you make to the Lord today? What is it this morning that you are holding on to? Well, what is it this morning that, that, that you have held in reserve? What do you have this morning that is bottled up today and you need to break the seal and you need to pour it out upon the Lord? Well, as usual, I have some possibilities today. Let me suggest three possibilities this morning. Perhaps it's praise. Maybe you have some praise this morning that has been neatly sealed and held in your possession and held back and held in reserve. And today is the day when you need to break the seal and pour out your praise on Jesus. Well, pastor, you just don't understand. I'm timid. I'm not one of those collect sanguine guys like you. You just don't understand, Pastor. I'm, I'm timid. I'm reserved. I'm shy. I'm not really into all that emotional stuff. Oh, really? Didn't know that. 
Let me see how you act at the Super Bowl when your favorite team has just won for the very first time. Let me see how unemotional you are when you're sitting in the stands at the state football championship game and your son has the football and he's at the 40, he's at the 30, he's at the 20, he's at the 10, he's in the end zone, score, touchdown, and they win. Let me see how unemotional you are then. I can just see you in the stands. See that kid running for a touchdown to win the game? That's my boy. I don't think so. Let, let me see your reaction when, when, when you open the letter one day unexpectedly and you get a letter and it's from a lawyer. And the lawyer says, your long-lost Uncle Joe passed away. Please see and close the check. He left you a million dollars. Honey, come look what I have. Look what I saw. Look what come in the mail today. I don't think so, now I'm not suggesting that you have to dance on the front row. I'm not, I'm not asking you to be a Mexican jumping bean. But even the quietest, quietest and most reserved people, when something good happens in their life, there's some emotion. Oh, oh, it might be a matter of perspective. Oh, it may not be off the charts like it is with me and Ricky. Amen. It may not be that. But I promise you there's some emotion. There's some adrenaline. There's some excitement. There's some enthusiasm. I'm telling you that the Lord Jesus Christ paid, paid your price for your sin on the cross. Amen. And that's worthy of praise today. Don't keep your praise bottled up. Break the seal and pour out your praise on Jesus. I'll never forget many years ago now. There was two ladies in our church. There was a lot more than two, but I'm thinking about two right now. Now, one of the ladies, her name was Sherry. Now, Sherry was a sanguine. She, she skipped instead of walked. She was bouncy. She was bubbly. She was happy. She was excited. She was a little bit... Dingy. But awesome. But awesome. And then there was Gladys. Her name says it all. Gladys. She was reserved. She was stately. She had her woman's uh, dress suit on. Uh, you know, uh, when she's working in the garden. You know what I'm saying? I mean... Gladys, you know. Gladys. One Sunday night before church. 
Sherry comes bouncing in, bubbly, excited, out there. And she comes up to Gladys and she says, Gladys! She says, man, let's put our praise on tonight. Ah, let's dance and shout and, and let's, let's, let's just, and then she just went on and on about, how ah, let's just let our hair down tonight. Let's just, let's just praise, praise in this house tonight. Gladys said, if the Lord moves me, I shall. I won't put it on. But the word says we can put it on. I said the word says we can put on our praise. Isaiah 61 and 3 says that we have been given the garment of praise for the spirit of despair. The last time I checked, a garment was something that you put on. Let me tell you that we don't praise because we feel like praising. We praise because He is worthy. He is worthy of praise. Let let, let me show you how worthy that He is. In the book of the Revelation, chapter number 4. John the Revelator writes, he said, After these things I looked, and behold, a door standing open in heaven. Where? And the first voice which I heard was like a trumpet speaking with me, saying, Come up here, and I will show you things which must take place after this. Immediately I was in the Spirit, and behold, a throne set uh, set in heaven, and one sat on the throne. And he who sat there was like a jasper and sardius stone in appearance, and there was a rainbow around the throne in appearance like an emerald. Around the throne there were 24 thrones, and on the thrones I saw 24 elders sitting, clothed in white robes, and they had crowns of gold on their heads. And from the throne proceeds lightnings, thunderings, and voices. Seven lamps of fire were burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. And before the throne there was a sea of glass like crystal. And in the midst of the throne and around the throne were four living creatures full of eyes in front and in back. That's some strange looking dudes. And the first living creature was like a lion, the second living creature like a calf, third living creature like, uh, uh, the third living creature had a face like a man, the fourth living creature was like a flying eagle. And the four living creatures have, uh, all having six wings, were full of eyes around and within, and they do not rest day or night. They do not rest day or night. They do not rest day or night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Holy, holy, holy. Holy Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. And whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who sat, sits on the throne, who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before him who sits on the throne and they worship him who lives forever and ever. And they cast their crowns before the throne and say, You are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. You, for you created all things and by your will they exist and were created. I'm telling you, friend, we do not praise because we have doodads or goosebumps. We don't praise because we feel like praise. We don't, feel, we don't praise because we've been moved on by the Holy Spirit to praise. We praise simply because he is worthy. He is the King of kings and he is the Lord of lords and he is worthy of praise. Let's give him a shout of praise in his house today. 
You don't have to feel like praising to praise. Actually, we are commanded, commanded to praise over and over and over again in the Psalms. We are commanded. We are commanded to praise. Look at, look at Psalm 150. It's only one of many. Praise the Lord. Praise God in His sanctuary. Praise Him in His mighty firmament. Praise Him for His mighty acts. Praise Him according to His excellent greatness. Praise Him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise Him with the lute and harp. Praise Him with the timbrel and dance. It's okay over there. Amen. It's okay to dance over there. It's okay, Ricky. It's okay. Praise Him with the timbrel and dance. Praise Him with stringed instruments and flutes. Praise Him with loud cymbals, soft cymbals. Praise Him with loud cymbals. Praise Him with clashing. Sure, that's not right. Praise Him with loud cymbals. Praise Him with clashing cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. Listen, I believe somebody here today has some praise bottled up inside of you and you need to break the seal and you need to pour out some praise on the Lord. You have used as an excuse your timidity and your shyness and your laid backness. Well, you may never jump and shout and dance about like some of us do, but I'm going to tell you that there's some praise bottled up on the inside of you somewhere and you need to reach way down and some of you are going to have to reach further than others, but you're going to have to reach way down there and bring that praise out, amen, and break the seal on your praise and give praise to the King of kings and to the Lord of lords. David did. Look at 2 Samuel chapter 6. 2 Samuel chapter 6. Verse 12. Now it was told King David saying, The Lord has blessed the house of Obed-Edom and all that belongs to him because of the ark of God. Because of what? Because of Obed-Edom? No, because of the ark of God. So, David went, go get that. David went and brought up the ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom to the city of David with gladness. And so it was when those bearing the ark of the Lord had gone six paces that he sacrificed oxen and fatted sheep. Then David danced, he what? Then David danced before the Lord with all his might. And David was wearing a linen ephod. So David and all the house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouting. With what? With shouting and with the sound of the trumpet. Now as the ark of the Lord came into the city of David, Michael, Saul's daughter, David's wife, looked through a window and saw King David leaping. He was what? Leaping and whirling. What? Leaping and whirling before the Lord and she despised him. In her heart. I want you to notice several things here. First of all, I want you to know the ark, which represented the presence of God, had been absent from God's people for some time. The ark, which represents the presence and provision of God, was being returned. You see, David knew what it was like to have the presence of God. He knew what it was like to have the blessing of God. He knew what it was like to have the power of God. He knew what it was like to have the, to, to have the provision of God. He knew what it was like to live life with the ark. And he had come to know what it was like to live life without the ark. 
And when David saw the ark coming back, he broke the seal on praise that had been bottled up on the inside. And verse 14 says, David danced before the Lord with all his might. Well, pastor, I believe in dancing in the spirit, but I don't know about all this other stuff. Well, I've looked and I can't find dancing in the spirit in the Bible. Do I believe in it? Have I seen it? Have I experienced it? Yeah. But I can't find it in the Bible. But I can find dancing before the Lord in the Bible. Hello? Notice David was not dancing in the Spirit. He didn't have three shundais and a bolt of lightning hit his spine. The Bible said that he danced before the Lord with all his. Say his. He danced before the Lord with all his might. Verse 16 said David was leaping and whirling before the Lord. All this emotion embarrassed David's wife. The Pentecostal charismatic church today is embarrassed. Most Pentecostal charismatic churches today have moved the spirit to the next room. We're embarrassed. We can't have a Mexican jumping bean on the front row. So we're going to call him into the office and tone him down a little bit. We're going to put him in the side. We're going to reserve it for the believers meeting on Wednesday night. I'm telling you, it's true. It's true. Now let me tell you, I don't want a cereal church either. You know, nuts and flakes. <laughs> the Bible said everything done decently and in order. And it will be. And if it's out of order, I'll put it back in order. And I have. I don't necessarily do it publicly, but I've done it privately. When one man got loud, and I'm loud, okay, so i got to be careful about getting on anybody to be loud. But when one man was louder than the entire praise team in the entire church and causing distraction to himself, and it was all done to bring attraction to him, he was dealt with. Hello? David's wife was embarrassed and she called him out on it. Verse 16 says she despised him in her heart. But I want you to look at verse 20 through 23. Then David returned to bless his household and Michael, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet David and she said, How glorious was the king of Israel today 
uncovering himself today in the eyes of the maids of his servant, of his service as one of the base fellows shamelessly uncovers himself. So David said to Michael, it was before the Lord who chose me instead of your father and all his house to appoint me ruler over the people of the Lord over Israel. Therefore, I will play music before the Lord. And listen to me. He said, I will be even more undignified than this. And will be humble in my own sight. But as for the maidservants of whom you have spoken by them, I will be held in honor. Therefore, Michael, the daughter of Saul, had no children to the day of her death. David's wife reads him the riot act. She, she, lets him, she lets him have it with both barrels. You're the king, she said. You acted very unkingly today. What were you Thinking, what about your dignity? What about your pride? Oh, she said, what will the people think about this king jumping and, and spinning around wildly? And David said to her, woman, you haven't heard or seen anything yet. I will be even more undignified than this. What was David saying? I believe David was saying, I, I have broken the seal on my praise. Oh, the ark has been absent from us for far too long. Oh, when I saw the ark returning to us, when I saw the ark coming back, oh, the ark is back. Oh, the presence of God is coming back. The power of God is coming back. The provision of God is coming back. And I just couldn't help it. I had to break the seal on my bottle of praise. And I had to jump and I had to leap and world around. Amen. Because I was so excited and thrilled oh, that the presence of God would be ours again. I think somebody needs to break the seal today. And pour out whatever it is that you have bottled up on the Lord today. So let me ask you this morning again, what do you have bottled up today? Maybe it's your praise. Maybe it's your possessions. The woman in our story today had a very valuable bottle of perfumed oil. Valued at a full year's salary of an average laborer. This wasn't a bottle of perfume that you would buy at Bath and Body Works. Now, we don't know anything about the woman. The Bible doesn't say anything about the woman in the store. So we don't know. We don't know if she was rich. We don't know if she was poor. You would think she must be rich to have this in her possession. On the other hand, maybe it was the only thing of value that she had. I, I, I don't know, and it really doesn't matter. But what does matter was her willingness to give what she had to the Lord. Here's what I've discovered in 40 years of serving the church. In 40 years of serving the church, I have discovered three types of people in the church. First type of person in the church are people that will give God their time. Um, they come to church every time the doors are open and even complain if you're not having church. They volunteer to work in the church. 
But that's where it stops. It stops right there. They don't tithe. They don't give to missions. They don't give to furnish the grace place. They give God their time. Second, people that I have identified in the church are people that give their money. They give their money. They, they, they're tithers. I mean, down to the penny. I mean, you know, it's $104.73. I mean, they're tithers to the penny. And they're generous givers to, to the best of their ability. They're generous givers. But that's where it stops. Um, they don't volunteer to work in the church. They won't teach, they won't deek, they won't ush. I gave my money, hire somebody. That's their mentality. The third type of people that I've identified in the last 40 years is people that have broken the seal on their possessions. They have broken the seal on their possession of time. They do come to church. They do volunteer to work in the church. They have broken the seal on their possession of talent. They have discovered their gifts, their talents, and their abilities, and they have and they have plugged themselves into a place where their gifts and their talents and their abilities can be best used in the work of the Lord. And they have broken the seal on their possession of treasure. They're tithers and they're generous. Givers. They are like the woman in our story today that broke the seal and poured out everything that she had on the Lord. Somebody here today needs to break the seal on the possessions that you have bottled up. You, you, you have taken the position that a, that, that a toddler takes when he gets a toy or some candy. You give the little toddler a toy or some Candy, and they take it and they clutch it in their hands and they hold it to their bosom and they say, Mine, mine, mine. Look in the book of Mark, chapter 12. You liked praise better than this one, didn't you? Maybe I should have left praise for last so you'd like me again. Mark, chapter 12. Verse 41. Mark 12, 41. It says, Jesus sat opposite the treasury. And he saw. The King James Version says he beheld. You know what the word beheld means? It means he peeked. Actually, it means he watched. Jesus sat opposite the treasure and he watched. How the people put money into the treasure. treasury. And many who are rich put in much. Then one poor widow came and she threw in two mites which make a quadrants. Jesus called his disciples to himself and he said to, him, said to them, Surely I say to you that this poor widow has put in more than all those who have given to the treasury. For they 
They all put in out of their abundance. But she, out of her poverty, put in all that she had, her whole livelihood. No, no, notice, notice some interesting things in this little story. First of all, I want you to notice that Jesus purposely sat next to the offering container and watched the people give the offering. I wonder, wonder how that'd go over here with me if I <laughs> accompanied the ushers with them as they passed the offering bag. I wonder how that would go over. Probably not real good. Don't worry, I'm not going to do it, okay. But Jesus purposely sat next to the offering container and he watched the people give their offering. So no doubt that day there was a record offering given. I can just imagine people standing in line and they have their Washington in their hand, walking down to the offering box to give their offering. But they get close enough, they see, oh, hmm, Jesus is sitting by the offering box today. He's not usually there. I don't know about you, but I can just see them real smoothly putting the Washington back in their pocket and pulling out a Jackson or a, a Grant or a Ben Franklin. I'm having too much fun. Can I let y'all in on a little secret? How many want to know a secret? Tell anybody. Tell anybody. Jesus is still watching. <laughs> the Bible says there were some rich people at the church that day and they gave some big bucks. I, I don't know, but I could just imagine a little spirit of competition showed up that day as one rich man tried to outdo the other rich man because they knew Jesus was watching. You can correct it when you preach your sermon, okay? I, I could see it happen. The Bible says that, a, that the little poor widow woman comes by the offering box and she puts in two copper coins and the Bible says they're valued at, or commentators say they was valued at less than one penny. About a fourth of a penny really was the value of these two coins. And when she walks away, Jesus calls his disciples over to him and Jesus points out the little widow lady that's, that, that, that is walking off and Jesus says to his disciples, hey, says, says, look guys, said, see that little widow lady right there that's walking away? Jesus, Jesus says, she gets the award today for the biggest offering given today. She gets the award. 
And the disciples probably looked at each other like, what in the world is he talking about? And I can just imagine Peter, the outspoken one, he probably said, Lord, that just ain't so. Jesus, we need to fess up. We picked two. We were watching too. We were all watching. And we saw some big bucks being thrown in to the offering box. We saw some grants and we saw some Ben Franklins and we saw some big checks being written and we saw some big credit card receipts. Lord, her offering made noise. Lord, she only gave two mites, two copper coins less than a penny. But Jesus said, yeah, I understand that. But what you don't understand is the fact that all of the rich men, they gave out of their abundance. And every rich man that gave today had more left over than they had, uh, than they gave. But this little widow woman, there was everything that she had. There was nothing left when she got through giving. Now common sense would say, Woman, you've only, you've only got two coins left. Lady, this is all the money that you have. Lady, you better hold on to these coins. You better be sure that you save these coins. You're going to need something, and you're not going to have anything to purchase what you need. You better hold on to what you have. Common sense would say that. But this poor widow woman, she broke the seal on her possessions, and she gave them to the house of the Lord. Somebody here today needs to break the seal on your possessions. This is one thing that you have withheld from the Lord. Oh, you pour out your praise on Him. You praise Him more than anybody. Oh, you pour out your time and your talent and your energy on Him. But you have never been willing to break the seal and pour out of your treasure. You have clutched it tightly and cried as a little toddler, mine, mine, mine. But I must tell you what Jesus said, and I usually lose a family on a sermon like this, so I'll just expect it. But it's the word of God, and you need to hear it. Jesus said in Matthew 6 and 21, where your treasure is, there. Where? Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. In other words, one can easily discover where a person's heart is by finding out what they are willing to spend their money on. You see, I believe that one of the reasons God requires a tithe from us, one of the reasons that God requires an offer, ask an offering from us, is to test us and see if we really love Him or not. To see if He is really in our heart. Because where your treasure is. I didn't say it. Jesus said it. Where your treasure is. That's where your heart is. Is this okay? Say it real loud. Everybody just really think it's not. I'm not talking to you. I can honestly say I'm not talking to anybody. I can't speak for the Holy Spirit. 
All right, we're still talking about the contribution. Got to hurry up this morning. We're on point one, aren't we? How many want to just stay till the second service gets here? We'll just keep going. Don't talking about the contribution right now. What do you have bottled up and held in reserve today? What, what do you need to break the seal on and pour out on Jesus? Maybe it's your praise. Maybe it's your possessions. Maybe, maybe it's your potential. You see, all of us have, have gifts, talents, and abilities that have been given to us by God. You've heard it a million times. These are not only a clue as to how God intended for us to make a living for our families, and it is a clue as to what God wants us to do with our life in making a living for our family. But that's not all it's for. It is also a clue as to what God wants us to be doing in His kingdom and for His church. Let me just suggest this this morning. If God God has given you a gifted voice or given you musical talent, then you ought to be using it by being on the worship team. If God has given you the gift of hospitality, then you should be using that gift as an usher or a greeter or by hosting a connection group. If God has given you the gift of mercy, then you should be volunteering for hospital and nursing home ministry or you should become a care minister. And if God has given you the gift of helps, you ought to be helping. You should be doing the grunt work. You should be working behind the scenes. You should be involved in the nuts and bolts of carrying out ministry. Because see, we people, you know, we, we, we put, you know, the pastor here and the staff here and, you know, the deacons here. And, well, you know, we're the ones that do all, you know, all, all this stuff. My Bible says the last will be first and the first will be last. And I'm persuaded with all my heart that some little widow ladies that have given their two mites are going to have a greater reward in heaven than some pastors or televangelists that have had mega ministries. And I'm persuaded that in the church it's just as valuable and just as important or the usher and the greeter that's standing at the front door that gives the first impression of our church as they walk through the door. That's just as important as the greatest worship leader, and I think we got him on the planet, and I know we got the greatest preacher in the world. (laughs) Pretty sure about the worship leader. I'm real sure about the... Oh, come on. Just having fun. Every single person here has potential. Every single person here could and should be involved in some type of ministry. And yet the Pareto principle tells us that 20% of the people give 80% of the money and 20% of the people do 80% of the work. My dad always said, you need something done, ask a busy person. When we're looking for certain key places in the church, my wife's up there and we talk and <laughs> it's the people that are already overloaded. 
because we know they've broken the seal and poured out the oil. We know what their answer will be and we know what kind of job they will do. Somebody here today, several somebody's here today, you need to break the seal on your potential and pour it out on the Lord. Somebody here today, oh, you need to look into your heart and you need to look into your hands and you need to discover what God has placed there. And whatever you discover in your heart and whatever it is that you discover in your hands, you need to be willing to pour it out. You need to be willing to break the seal and pour it out on the Lord today. Musicians and singers get back in place very, very quickly this morning. Where are we at in the sermon? We're on point one. How many of you are going to complain if I stop right here? You're going to complain? Yeah, right. We're going to stop right here today. Because there's some incredible things I want to talk to you about in points two, three, four, and five. And we'll do that next Sunday morning. Everybody's standing this morning today. Everybody's standing this morning. We're not done this morning. We're not finished this morning. We're not finished this morning. There are people here today. There are several people here today. And you need to break the seal this morning on something. I don't know what it is. It might be one of the things that I talked about today. It may not be what I've talked about. But you know this morning what it is. All that you have bottled up. You know what it is that you have held within your possession. You know what it is that you have held in reserve. You know what it is this morning that you have bottled up. And today is the day when you need to break the seal. And today is the day when you need to pour the that out on the Lord. You're here this morning and you need to break the seal and you need to pour something out on the Lord, whether it be praise, whether it be your possessions, whether it be potential this morning, whether it be something that I've not mentioned, but you know what it is this morning if you're ready today. If you're ready today to break the seal, if you're ready today to pour out whatever it is you have bottled up, if you're ready to pour it out on the Lord, I want you to get out from the seat where you're at this morning and I want you to get down here this morning and I want you to break the seal this morning. I want you to break the seal and I want you to pour it out on the Lord. Come on, come on. Come on, come on, you're here this morning. Come on, people. Come on, come on. If it's praise this morning, break the seal. Break the seal and start praising this morning. If it's praise, break the seal and start praising this morning. If it's your possessions, break the seal and tell God, God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I have not done and been involved as I should have been with my possessions. I'm breaking the seal and I'm giving you my possessions today. If it's your potential today, you can say, God, God, I, uh, Lord, there are gifts, talents, and abilities. There are things in my hands. There are things in my heart that you have placed there in God. God, I'm going to bring it up out of my heart today and out of my hands today. I'm going to break the seal and I'm going to involve myself. Lord, I'm going to involve myself. I'm going to break the seal today. Amen. Everybody get down here this morning. Come on, everybody, come on, everybody. Come on, come on, come on. Come on, come on, everybody. Everybody today. I preached better than you're responding this morning. I preached better than you're responding. Get on down here. Come on. Come on. Come on. Hallelujah. 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 Jesus, 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 Jesus. Jesus, Jesus. We're going to break the seal of praise this morning. 
We're going to break the seal of praise this morning. We're going to go to a new level. We're going to go to a new level today in praise. You need to go to a new level today. You need to break the seal. You need to get somewhere in praise where you've never been before. I want you to get there. I want you to get there today. As these worship guys, gals, lead us this morning. Come on, let's worship Him. Let's take Him to a new dimension. Let's take Him to a new realm of praise. Starting right now, let's go. Oh, and you, you are God. You are Lord. You are all I'm living for. You are King of everything. I want my life to praise You. Here I am, see your grace. 